This podcast episode was originally recorded on May 5th of 2023. Hi, I'm Chud. And I'm Lanny. And this is The World As It Is Today. Hey, welcome back for another episode of The World As It Is Today podcast. It's been another month. Yep, sure has. Month, we're staying really consistent with this monthly thing. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe that's a good time frame. I don't it's, know. I feel like I want to be doing this more, though. So uh, if it's good for other people, you should let us know, because otherwise <laughs> I think I think it's likely we're going to up that. I don't know. It fits into my schedule now because yeah. I have all this free time, in quotes, free time. Uh, but, uh, your, your schedule hasn't changed at all. No, it's the same. And it's interesting. Cause it's just like, as our younger son has gotten older, it feels like it's harder to leave the two of them alone together for a period of time, mm-hmm. uh, without one of us present. So it, it does make this harder. Whereas when he was little, but not too little, there was like this sweet spot where he wasn't too much of a handful yet. But, uh, so and the he slept a lot. He, yeah, he and did sleep a lot. Like when we'd want him to. Yeah. Not in the, during the day for four hours and then I'm awake all night. Uh huh. Yeah. That's a thing <laughs> that he's doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny. I was saying it, it was weeks ago now. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, my life isn't that much different than when I used to like drink and couch surf and be a total shit bag of that. Like, it's rare that I spend a whole night in one bed in one location <laughs> and, like, sleep all the night through. It's just, it's all in one house now. Yeah, and you're still not getting laid, so. <laughs> and I'm still not getting laid. <laughs> Zing. Oh, oh, I kid. Well, you know, I guess we can tell people, like, uh, yeah, Greener Postures podcast is a thing, and I'm still releasing that weekly, so mm-hmm. that's out there if people want to hear it. And I am doing a solo episode of a monthly homestead update so if people are curious what we're doing on our homestead you can listen on the to the greener postures podcast well plus we're just still doing the um well you've been doing and i'm hopefully going to be jumping back in with um uh feed the beauty yeah i'm i rarely mention that for some reason i can never think to say feed the beauty mm-hmm. but we we have been trying to record once a month and i think we're over a month now and we're hopefully recording later this week And that's with Buffalo and Legs of False Reality Check and Moral Bob and his wife Kaylee of That Retro Homeschool and me and Chud when he wants to come. When I feel like it. Which hasn't been since last year. Gosh, has it really been that long? Yeah. 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 Uh, But I'm I'm feeling much more podcasty these days. I'm enjoying conversation and stuff. I've been uh, been doing another little podcast that nobody knows about yet uh, called Are We Content? Uh, with me and moral Bob, just having real deep conversations. Uh, we haven't done too many. Um, and we have, I have not done the PR work (laughs) that's required for anyone to listen to it. We're, we're maxing out at like five listens. Well, you still don't have it like on Apple podcasts. Yeah. It's not in a couple places. I, I am taking my time at, uh, getting that side of things worked out. And meanwhile, really, I'm just, it's just an excuse for me to talk with my friend, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is your first go at like producing anything too. So I think this sure. is a good, In good way to, realm, yeah. 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 A good way to get your, uh, sea legs <laughs> on uh-huh. that or whatever. 
So that's cool. Um, but really, it's just my my way of I want to figure. I wanted to figure out a way to make people listen to Negative Land and people talking about flat Earth at the same time. So, <laughs> so you figured success. It out. Yeah, I'm excited because I know you're going to get into like getting samples of stuff, and that's something that I've wanted to add to my shows, but I've not wanted to put the effort into figuring out how to do it. So now I can ask you, hey, can you isolate that? Yeah. Uh, weird butter was the stuff that you were listening to? I gotta to? butter my ears. <laughs> there was like a whole bunch of butter talk on an episode of Over the Edge. Over the Edge. Yeah, yeah they had a whole bunch of uh, Dairymen Association ads in one episode from 1984. Uh, a five hour episode from 1984 with ads from the Dairymen Association, and some of them are really freaking wild. Yeah, yeah. Including the one you're talking about where it's a, it's a guy talking about. This corn is my is my own family. I raised it from a seed, and now you're gonna put margarine on it. I gotta put butter on my ears. And his daughter or whatever is like, "Should I start with your right or your left?" <laughs> <laughs> this is classic. I was also thinking of some other one about like um, something about a ladies in PMS or something like that. I can't remember what it was now. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I kind of do. Yeah, but that was different that was that was someone's like someone talking that was like maybe yeah. that was newer stuff and you that was i think it was out of a, a <laughs> like a ted talk or something and yeah. they cut it all up to be like someone condemning women no 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 no. this was like an old audio tape that was like probably like a record or or like a uh, tape you would play at schools to tell little girls what to expect for their peer, oh, first yeah, periods the sex and dirt, stuff. Sex dirt stuff. And well, and it was like a man that was talking mm-hmm. and he was like an announcer sounding, you know, a fifties announcer sounding voice yeah, yeah. saying like that. It's not that bad. And some ladies like to make a big show of it and make it and try to get attention. <laughs> but we know that they're just doing it to get attention. <laughs> it was really funny. Anyway. Um, yeah. So we've, uh, we've been doing pretty good. Um, we don't really have, uh, topic today. I heard something, um, in a, like, like a video on Instagram just a minute ago. That's make, make, uh, make me think like a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say it out loud and see what you think. Is it that butter meme you sent me? No. What was it? <laughs> Not a toddler eating the butter off oh. sourdough. <laughs> yeah. No, that really, that was like, they were in our house. <laughs> I was like watching, watching your three-year-old eat, pick the butter off of a piece of sourdough. You took three, eight, three days to make and then throwing the bread on the floor. And I'm like, oh, that's happening to me. Like as we speak, it yeah, happened yeah. to me at dinner and lunch yesterday. Why do I do that? Now I just feed him slices of butter. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. I'm I'm really curious what it is. So there was a lady that was talking um, about your her having kids or something. The gist of it was you shouldn't need love from your kids. If you need your kids to love you, then you have something wrong, and there's something wrong for that kid. Mm-hmm. That the they don't need the pressure of your needs on them. That you're an oh ad- yeah you're an adult person yeah. And you shouldn't need anything from anybody. You should be well, self-sufficient. And I'm not sure I don't, and they didn't say self-sufficient, but you should be emotionally sound enough to not need love from your kid. And if you take that away, then you can be a parent to where you can parent them and not be upset, no matter what their emotional roller coaster is that day, that it's, you're not taking it personal. Well, I think we all need love, adult or otherwise. Uh, so I don't like fully agree with that, but I do really agree with like, because we shouldn't need that from children. We, we need that from adults. Right. 
and um, that putting pressure on someone to love you when they do. Trust me, they do. Uh, even if you're a horrible, horrible parent, they do. You know, we we've seen that through different different aspects of of culture and phenomenon like that uh, throughout time. You know, the the dad who beats their kids and they yeah. still love them. Uh, but um, yeah, you know, as someone who's who's like been suicidal in the past, um, people. I reach out to, if I've reached out to someone and tell them that I feel that way and they get mad at me because it's going to be hard on them. If I were to commit suicide, that would send me completely sideways of like, well, fuck, like even me wanting to kill myself can't be about myself, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. cause that, that's, I mean, that's the root of where my depression and stuff was coming from or whatever. I mean, it's going to be different for anyone else, but just that idea that like, uh, like, if a kid is having a, 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 a tantrum, the last thing they need to do is think about your feelings to get back to, to what you, what we need to do as parents is to think about their feelings until they get back to a, to a, a, a good space. And then we should get love from them. Like it, it would be sad if you never got love from your well, kids. Well, yeah, and it's not saying that you don't want your kids to love you. It's just saying you shouldn't need it. And so I'm like, okay, so I, I see, I agree with parts of this and I disagree with others. And I'm sure if I listen to this lady talk for longer, I might not like her. Yeah. Um, but it was just this little soundbite, which has made me think. And it's made me think of this other thing I heard the other day, which is like, heal your wounds. Your kid doesn't need to be cautious of your triggers. Something like that. Oh, fuck yeah. And I was like, okay. It's Hell like, yeah. it's like, yeah, you shouldn't say don't, don't ru- scream. At, at, you know, it like makes me freak out. It's like, you need to stop freaking out when people scream. You know, it all combines in with another old timey phrase that I don't know where the origins of it would come from at all. But, uh, sometimes you need to love your children the most when they deserve it the least. Uh huh. You know, when, when someone's really fucking up, they don't deserve love. Right. Yeah. But when your kid, when that we all fuck up, right. And childhood is like our practice time to fuck up. And when you're messing up for, for your close, for your family, for your mother and father to like be mad at you super hard for, for messing up instead of just loving you. Uh, another, another thing that combines in this too, it's, uh, kind of like, um, naturopathic kind of concept of, um, just being with your child when they get hurt is more healing than any kind of medicine you can put on them. Just telling them that they're okay. Just being with them through the pain, not telling them you need to stop hurting. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they skin their knee. You don't say, okay, we're going to pour alcohol on this. Is This is going to hurt more, and you got to get through it because you're the one who was running without without shoes on, in the, you know, and you tripped, and that's your fault. You weren't paying attention, you know, being mad at them. But instead, like, don't even try and clean it. Just give them a hug because, uh, you know, I, I say it all the time, that the tender heart of a child is such a precious thing, and you can ruin that heart so easily. Well, I don't mean to ruin, like, permanently but i mean you can you can disrupt that heart so easily um there there was something i heard a long time ago that was like um and i think it was through dog training so i think it's dogs kids whatever humans but it's like it takes one like negative memory uh okay so if you have one negative memory it takes like 12 
not negative things to make up for that negative thing. Uh-huh. For instance, like if the if you hit your dog, it takes like one time for them to remember that traumatizing moment. Yeah. Um, but if you if you're trying to build a positive reinforcement, it's like giving them a treat after they do something. It takes like twelve times or more. Sure. To and to especially to reverse that negative. And it's going to take a hundred times or more after you hit them just one time. Yeah. For them to not think for you're them gonna to hit trust them. you again. Uh, remember with our dog, she was afraid of me for a little while because I got a little too rough with her putting her in the in the uh, enclosure when she was being a bad puppy. Well, she ran away and attacked a chicken. She had a, a was killing a chicken. She was. Yeah. And I, I like threw her over the fence, but she's a terrible little dog. I swear <laughs> my a, actions weren't as terrible. And it was as a, it's like a three and a half foot fence, but yeah, it's not like <laughs> <laughs> over a wall, you know, or anything like that, no, but I wasn't about to open the her. gate. I just like, you know, and, and didn't put her down gently. You know, I, I let her go down hard. And then it became a thing with me and that fence and that yard. Yeah. And she was like afraid of me anytime I was around there. Yeah, when you would try to pet her over the fence. It was like, yeah, she didn't, she was like fearful of me. And now I don't think she remembers that at no, all. No, no. But it took a hundred times of me being around her and that fence and to just, have just not, to undo that, that one time. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because that's why I did it so fast was because she, she was, it didn't, she didn't kill, but she very badly injured a chicken. And I was like. Equal parts, like, if I can get her in there, then I can go take care of the other stuff. Yeah. You know, like, it yeah. was a very uh, frantic moment. Mm-hmm. Not and one of my best moments. I'm not, like, proud of the fact I did that, but I don't think I did anything too wrong. And it, look at how long it took to get her back. It on did, there. yeah. And then that's the same thing with kids. It is interesting, though, because I think a lot of us were raised with parents that did, especially moms, that did need us to be to love them or they would, I don't withdraw their love. It's like, um, I don't like to talk about my mom directly, but that's what I'm about to do. But she, she's a, a great person, a very loving person. But if I was having a bad day, like she wanted me to stop having a bad day, you know? And it was like really well known that my bad mood is making her bad mood. And I, I'm, re- you know, she's responsible or I'm responsible for her feelings. Yeah. And I, yeah. uh, I see I've, that in your descriptions of things and, I've grown, and, and your dynamics today. Even. I've grown up then thinking that I'm responsible for other people's feelings and then also feeling even when it's not necessary that I need to walk on eggshells around people that I love because I don't want them to be upset with me. And mm-hmm. I don't want, and then also when I actually feel upset, kind of maybe not voicing that in the best way because I don't want other people to get mad at me for having feelings. Uh I always feel like when I'm upset, the worst part of being upset is other people getting mad at me for being upset. Uh And I am scared. I'm repeating that with our nine year old because Uh I really don't like, I don't, like it when he is upset. Like I want him to feel better and I want us to get along and I want us to get through something really fast so we can go do the things we planned or, you know, have a good day. Uh, so that I don't have to, I don't want to punish him or like take away things or whatever, you know, we might be trying to, to do for as far as consequences, Yeah. even though most consequences are natural and they happen on their own. I don't have to do anything for them, but I don't know. It just is like worrisome to me like sometimes because I'm just like, no, feel better, like be in a good mood. And maybe instead of that, I need to just be accepting that he's not in a good mood and give him space. I don't need to fix it for him. I just need to love him anyway and like just wait. Yeah. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to dump alcohol on the wound. Yeah. You just need to give a hug sometimes. Yeah. Or 
in this case, like maybe that hug is not a hug. Maybe if, don't touch if me. He wants to shrug you <laughs> off. Yeah. Because I, you know, I had a little of that today too. You know, like uh, where he was upset and like, you know, just I'm I'm trying to think of a way to make him feel better, and he's saying very directly you know what will make me feel better you getting out of my face (laughs) (laughs) you know and it's like cool dude i've i've felt like that i didn't tell him this but i have before i think but i didn't in that moment because he wanted space i've felt like that probably more than i think most humans do you know like and not towards him and not towards you but just towards the world Mm -hmm. that's why i lived in studio apartments like pretty much my entire life before you either either big houses with a small room in it or a studio apartment which was much preferred and then I couldn't afford it and then I'd move into a big house and I'd hate all my roommates and be stuck in my, stick stick in my room all the time mm-hmm. and then back to that because when I'm in a bad mood or not even a bad mood but when I'm just when I'm really working things out in my head I, I want I want space. I don't want someone to ask me what's going on. I'm pretty sure most people want that, at least for part of the time. Even people who like to talk things out with other people want space for part of the time. Yeah. Like I remember reading this book um, when I was on my mental health journey at some point, you know, which I still am on. Like I'm always analyzing things and trying to do better. It was called Wired for Joy. And you might remember. Oh, I remember it. 100%. And it, it, it was... It was also, it was a handbook that went along with a certain type of therapy that was called E, I'm like EMF, was it EMF therapy? (laughs) EMT? EBT. I was like, it was like electronic benefit transfers. It's it's gotta be one (laughs) of those It's food stamps. It's food stamps. But no, it was EBT standing for emotional brain training. And basically it was you to be aware of your state as it was. And then you had these like five tools that you could work through depending on which emotional state you're at. And like one through oh, five, I now. right? Like one was really good. It was complete joy. It was like bliss, yeah. you know? And two was like whatever. Three was whatever. Four was like you're really angry. And five is like you're enraged, right? Yeah. And I remember almost nothing from those steps except that the number five was... Um, don't harm yourself or others and know it will pass. Yeah. That's all. That's you. That's your tool. I, I remember for that. that. I remember that phrasing now that you say Because that. when you get that angry, mm-hmm. it's not time to fix something. It's not time to decide if you're going to move or if you're going to get a divorce or anything. It's just, it's just waiting this rage out and then knowing, and, and during that time, don't hurt yourself or make any decisions. Don't hurt somebody else. And don't, don't forget that it's going to pass. You can't be that level of upset for that long, no. you know? And then there were other tools for like fours and stuff, but all of this was to basically like explaining that your brain is all these different pathways, like electrical, um, currents, whatever, like wires. It, it said, if I'm remembering the book, right. Which I didn't read. But I talked but to we, you about it yeah, when I was reading I, it. I, yeah, we talked all the way through the book. Um, it, it described everything as being like every memory is a wire. Yeah. And the more times that you have, it's not quite every memory, but every emotional pathway that you take, you know, or something well, like that. Uh, yeah, is like a wire. everything you go through creates a wire uh, in and your brain. Every time you repeat that pattern, it reinforces that individual wire. So we'll have wires that are ridiculously thick. And those might be our anxiety wire that we're, you know, like every time we 
see the sun, we have anxiety. So whenever it's light out, we have anxiety. And then you experience that 365 days a year. And that wire is just like crazy thick. Yeah. So, so and, that and then, book was about trying to undo those thick wires. Right. Then it was basically like if if it was like a riverbed, the riverbed, the deepest part is where the water is going to flow through. So it's like your brain's going to go to that thickest wire each time. Even if you've had mm-hmm. other experiences, mm-hmm. 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 if you have a negative ex- experience, you know, um, when, I don't know, when you... Uh, try to dress up and you go out, somebody makes fun of you, Uh you know, then a different time you try and dress up and someone says you look nice. Well, if somebody makes fun of you, like every time you dress up, you're going to have a really thick wire. And so you're going to be worrying that somebody's going to make fun of you if you're going to get dressed up. Right. That's kind of a dumb (laughs) uh, example. But the idea was then to try to inform new wires by like fake it till you make it. Just say something nice about yourself or like try, try to be aware that your brain goes to that place, that negative place and try to think of the, what you want to think where you want it to go. And like say that a few times, like drill in with that. And I, I thought that was, it was really useful actually, especially that know it will pass and minimize harm. Yeah. I really remember that, that phrasing because I, that, that's like my own philosophy in general. Like, uh, never quit the band when you're pissed off. Yeah. When you're pissed off, you don't, you know, like, uh, actually this just came up, um, last winter, you know, like you've just brought up that I haven't done feed the beauty since then. Uh, I was ready to quit podcasting last winter. Like it just, I was just over it because I was emotionally a mess and things were just like, like I just didn't care about it. So, and I was kind of angry about a lot of things or I don't know if anger is the right word, but I was like really messed up on a bunch of levels. So the last thing I wanted to do because of, because of that, know it'll pass phrasing or whatever, not because of that book, but just in my own way of it was like, I'm not making, I'm not even going to podcast right now. I'm not making any decisions on something I'm pissed off about or not that I was pissed off about podcasting, but like, uh, I'm not ready to make any major decisions in my life because I'm frazzled. Um, I don't quit the band when I'm pissed off at a band mate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I wait until I'm no longer pissed off and then I really reevaluate like, is this what I want to yeah, do? Yeah, it's like you make the decisions with a level head yeah. before you move forward. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I, 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 all of it is a count to ten before you say something mean. Yeah, you know, like that's like a, I think a common. I, I've never used it, but that's like a like other people's parents would say that. Yeah, kind of a thing. Uh-huh. Uh You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna tell me to fuck off, you better stop, take five deep breaths, and then tell me. Because I think most of the time, most people take five deep breaths and then don't tell the person to fuck off. Yeah. It's like that's just <clears throat> hold on and think about it for a second before you punch somebody, you know? Yeah. Like, don't just react. And, like, the other thing I always remember when I, I would tell myself when I was younger is no one looks cool when they're angry. Yeah. You can look cool when you're tough. You could look cool when you're being violent. <laughs> you could look cool. Like mob, I, I, mobsters were always my example, like mobster movies. Like they're always like really, really calm when they're going to do something. You cool know what I mean? Cool as a cucumber. You don't ever lose your cool. You're like, you look because it's cool. Are you talking it's to me? Cold yeah, cool. I know. I, know. I never lose my cool. <laughs> you almost don't ever lose your cool. And you do look really dumb when you do. No, I, I'm not, I'm not like trying to 
compliment myself or something, but you're right. I almost never lose my cool. And when I do, it is so fucking shitty. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. I like, I've, I never look back on myself when I've lost my cool and be like, oh yeah, that, looked that was awesome. I looked tough. <laughs> you I looked know, real like, tough. When I lose my cool, I lose my train of thought in a sense. I, I don't stutter in general. I wasn't like a stuttering kid or anything like that either. But when I get really, really fucking pissed off, it's usually at like a 20 year old fucking piece of shit cuck boy. I start to stutter because I can't even bring the words to mind to express how pissed off I am. Yeah. It's um, like in those moments when you know that that's happening, just stopping talking and removing yourself from the situation goes a long way because then you don't have to embarrass yourself and, and be, if I ever start stuttering, I mean, it's, it's, I, if I start stuttering, I stop talking. Yeah. Like I, I, I count to 10 before I punch, you know, or whatever. <laughs> before I punch. It's usually more in the form of like, I'm going out and I'm walking away and I'm going to go smoke a cigarette somewhere and you're not going to see me for a few minutes. And then I come back, man, those, those, there's these like speaking of brain pathways and stuff like that pathways. I should have been using that word. I don't think I ever did pathways, wires, whatever you want to call it. Like these habits, these triggers that we have. And I don't mean that in the <laughs> woke way, trigger warning. Um, I mean like really like there was all these times that I had these coping mechanisms for what I would do when I got really upset. And they usually involved smoking marijuana or cigarettes or both. Mm -hmm. And now that those things aren't something that I do, what are my, like, I feel like a lot of the times when I get angry, super angry, or I feel really upset, I don't, I, I, I don't know where to go. And it's, it's that feeling that I think everybody has when they're really upset where they don't want to be anywhere. You're like, I don't want to sit here. I don't want to be there. I don't want to lay under my covers. I don't want to get in my car. I, if I get in my car, where am I going to go? I just, I don't want to be anywhere. I just don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Inside family joke. Thanks to, I think you should leave. <laughs> this is such a good show. I don't, I don't even want to be around anymore. So I, uh, I just don't want to be anywhere. And like, it used to be like, then you would go outside and you would smoke a cigarette, you know? And I don't know, that was like something to do. And it was your trigger to then like your, tell your brain it was okay for you to calm down. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like looking for those, what is that thing that I do that tells me that it's okay that I calm down? You probably just can something. I don't know. Can something? It's the garden. It seems to be the garden. A garden. No, the garden. There you go. I mean, that's like the right idea. Feet on the ground for yeah. sure is important. Like literally like bare feet on the earth. Um, but uh, the plants, you can't be mad at plants. I'm not saying it's the right thing or the wrong thing, but a drive is the thing for me. Yeah. Just uh, even a five minute drive. Uh, but, you know, if I, if I take an hour drive by myself, I'm not mad about whatever I was when I left. That's for sure. Pretty much. But always. you're probably going to smoke on your but drive. I'm going to smoke a shit ton of weed. And <laughs> Maybe a little meth just to top it off, just to even it out. I'm smoking, smoking meth. <laughs> Rolling down I five, smoking some meth to like calm down. Like <laughs> you like smoking meth to calm down. Oh, that's funny. We don't really smoke. That's not something that you do. So I just should say that because people might think it we're being serious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I guess um, if I can't, I can't. It's like I can't smoke a cigarette. I can't eat French fries anymore. <laughs> they have vegetable oil. Like, what am I gonna? How do I make myself feel better? 
and it just it just takes time and driving does help and being in the garden or putting my feet on the ground helps yeah, putting your feet on the ground like uh you know uh i don't mean to sound like a queer or nothing but <laughs> i like to go say a prayer you know um and uh it really it really does just help to go out and be a little little in nature i'm sure um meditation is the right idea at that time but it's not it could be hard unless if you were skilled at it you it would be useful i'm not a practiced meditator although i have been told by many people that what i do is meditation at different times in my in, in my day or life but uh i i can't imagine being really pissed off at anybody and going and meditating that's not that's not the natural path for me, but maybe um, just going and grounding, being yeah. outside, being yeah. uh, specifically in our woods, which is where I go to pray now, uh, which is maybe a little akin to meditation, but not really. Um, being angry and meditating is just making me think of the new Be- Beavis and Butthead episode oh, yeah. <laughs> where they transcend. Dude, they're the, they're the <laughs> ultimate meditators. They- <laughs> You empty your mind of all thoughts, and only a few people have reached total enlightenment, and Beavis and Butthead are two of them. <laughs> um, and Bill Gates. In- there, instead of And Bill Gates. Um, but Bill Gates didn't do it through meditation. He, he donated a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money. That's how he got into the enlightenment realm. Um, the uh, OM is replaced by the Oh, no, I'm trying to combine them. Oh gosh. But yeah, uh, it's, it's, that's good. Yeah, it's good. Um, speaking of grounding, I got a new pair of shoes. Yeah, you sure did. I I hear about them constantly. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want some. I got sandals that are specifically like barefoot sandals where the sole is wider by your toes so that your feet can spread the way they're supposed to. And they have a grounding um, part. There's like a little tab on the bottom that's a copper tab that's connected to the laces, which have like a wire that runs through it that wraps around your feet. So you have, you're like actually touching the ground. They're like grounding. They're called Earth Runners. They're uh, like promoted by who they, they're, there's a commercial on the uh, Weston A. Price uh, oh. podcast, Wise Traditions. That makes and sense. I've heard about it for a long time, but then I started looking for, I, I'm like, I need new sandals and I don't like, I have like a pair of slip on what you call them flip flops or thongs or whatever. And they just like, they're not comfortable, but they Whale tail. I just put them on so that I can, you know, go outside. And then I like take my, sh- I, I take my shoes off outside of the garden. Like I'm going onto someone's nice rug or whatever. And then, so I just do that to get me across the chicken poop driveway into the gar- garden sanctuary. And I'm like, well, what about like getting some nicer shoes? I don't have any nice shoes. I haven't even like bought shoes since I worked at, a real job. And that's been like three years now. You don't buy any shoes that whole time? No, I have the same converse and everything. And yeah, so I don't, I'm tying shoes is like, that's, you bought boots. Oh, I bought boots that they don't fit me. We, we go through too many rubber boots in this house. Yeah. I have a, a pair that are, are like girls size. And I was like, Oh, they should fit me. And they don't. But, but, but I feel like boots are, that's so, a different thing. Particularly rubber, rubber, rubber boots are boots, not. Because yeah. I was, I was the only reason I even thought of it was I was thinking, yeah, I, I don't think I have bought. I bought boots and shoes right around the time we moved here four years ago. Yeah. And I bought the rubber boots when we moved in and then you started wearing them after yours wore out and then you wore out mine. 
and then I keep switching back <laughs> to other worn out ones and switching them around and <laughs> this one's less worn out than that one it's just like gets holes in them and the rain pours in and then it defeats the purpose but anyway yeah and then I it's almost summer so it's like am i really gonna buy new ones here? i know so I, I got like these sandals and I, I was like really i had huge anxiety about them when i first got them like they're i was calling them jesus sandals because they're just this one weird strap and i can't figure out how it's supposed to go on my foot and like how to adjust it but after a couple of youtube videos <laughs> i i uh, wrapped my head around it and wrapped it around my foot mm -hmm. and then i was like oh these are kind of comfortable whoa like my balance is different you know like when i'm wearing these and i'm not like scrunching my toes up and trying to scoot these flip-flop thingies around and now i've like that's all i've worn since i got them and i'm like i really like these and then i started to make the joke this isn't just like shoes this is a lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> these are grounding jesus sandals this is a lifestyle i'm like i start changing like all my clothes is like i'm wearing a poncho or some shit like grateful dead shirt <clears throat> please don't do that I'm not doing that we don't support the cia in this house <laughs> that's right babe <clears throat> that's right well let's see what else do we have anything uh, this is all very far away from the subject that I was thinking of bringing up. Yeah, go for it. Um, it's just so wildly different. I don't know if it's, if it's even appropriate to, to bring up at this juncture, but yeah. it kind of starts like a whole new episode, but we are only like 30 minutes. Yeah, in. let's go for a whole nother uh, episode of 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't have any notes prepared on this. It's just a lot of thoughts that have been swimming around about the subjects of, uh, fentanyl. Oh, uh-huh. Homelessness. Yeah. Low-income housing. Okay. Uh, they're all, like, really in my face right now. Yeah. Um, working in a downtown business, uh, like, the homeless problem in Bellingham is fucking out of control. Uh, I don't mean to necessarily say it's a whole bunch of out-of-control people, but the number of people who are homeless is totally out of control dude it's ooc um <laughs> there it, is a greater homeless population than there used to be there's a much greater and i don't care like uh not like incompassionately i don't i don't mind homeless people i have always spoken with homeless people i'm not above and i'm certainly not below <laughs> homeless people uh but I'm not above them. I, I am above shit bags. And I think a lot of homeless people are shit bags. But like I kind of know that going into a conversation. And um, uh, I'm, I'm like typically just throughout my life, I've been like pretty okay with homeless people. I'm not telling them to fucking get a job. I'm also not giving them a dollar. Like I've, I've pretty much never given a homeless person even a penny. But I've also maybe never told a homeless person to fuck off before the last year or so. Um, on Adam's podcast on Deborah gets red pilled. When Travis was tear was there. I talked about a homeless lady getting in my car. Oh yeah. That was weird. That was, that was weird. Um, and I told her to fuck off. Uh, but that was maybe the first time ever. Um, maybe a few times, maybe a few times late at night, you know, when someone's, being belligerent. Anytime I've told someone to fuck off, they've been being a shit bag. Sure. Not just because they're homeless. Not That's just that they're sure. gross and they're in your way or whatever. But I'm experiencing a different type of homeless person these days than I've like ever experienced in my life. And it's not that they're more, they're certainly not more aggressive, like in a 
I want to fight you kind of way. But they're certainly more comfortable than they've ever fucking been. There is, uh, have we talked about this on here before? Or have we just been, because we've been talking about this a lot, but this idea of the, like, the homeless, along with everyone else in our society, has this new entitlement. If we have, it's been from such a different angle. I'm not. It's not really coming to me right yeah. now for the, for on the world as it is today. But yeah, home bums used to be humble and they used to be jesters. They used to want to make you laugh, so you'd give them a dollar. And now it's like, give well, me a dollar. Or they were so drunk, they're just eh, give me money. Yeah, uh, uh, lay in there. But they're not going to get mad at you if you don't give them money. But now, it's like uh, people will walk in to the place I work, and I'm there really early before it's like light out. It's not opened yet. It's not open. doesn't, it's a, it's a downtown business. It's a, it's a restaurant. And the door is open so that you can get deliveries. And, and it opens at four in the afternoon, but the lights are off. The door says you're closed. You're not open till 4 PM. And I'm there at 5 AM. So it's like, I'm on the complete opposite side of the fucking shit. But people as early as like eight o'clock are just like walking in and I'm like, Oh, Hey, we're not open and they're just like ignore me and like try to like, you know, sidestep me to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, uh, excuse me. You know, like I'm having to like puff out my chest and like, you know, put my hands on people and tell them to get the fuck out of there. Like, like a bouncer or something, but it's just me in a, in a, in a small, you know, really tiny little facility, uh, at that hour. And all of them seem to be unaware. A, that we're closed B that what they're doing is not normal. You know, like, like I guess if nothing else, homeless people always realize that they're homeless and they're different than the people that are in the restaurants. Why are you Jerry Seinfeld all of a sudden? <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to. <laughs> uh, they're just, I, I don't know. Uh, they are this and you know, uh, they know that they're walking in. Everyone's going to recognize that they're not here to purchase something. And they maybe even have it, have a city mapped out of what places will allow me to use the bathroom or are there place, you know, like, I mean, you know, good luck finding a place in San Francisco that'll allow you to use the bathroom. For instance, you know, they just tell you to go on the fucking street. Right. Um, but these people, they're, like coming in and I don't even think they're going to in quotes, use the bathroom. They're looking for a place to like shoot up or I'm not sure how people consume fentanyl, but I'm being told I am being told over and over in a constant rate that this is all fentanyl. Yeah. That's, that's another interesting part. We could talk for a long time about the homeless stuff, but what's really interesting right now is how much fentanyl is being mentioned on the radio and our newspapers in, and just like in normal people's conversation. They, well, and in, in Bellingham, they just made it illegal to use not just fentanyl, but drugs openly in public. So that would, would that be an alcohol as well? Cause they're including marijuana in this Are marijuana yeah. is legal. Well, See, I'm assuming, I, I guess I, I'm assuming. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of so angry at it that I'm not even really looking into it because it's, it's one of these things. It's like, Oh, so now it's illegal to use illegal drugs in public. That's kind of the way they're phrasing it in the little like free newspapers like, that I look at. But like, wasn't it already illegal to use illegal drugs? So wait, was it legal before? Yeah. Like, I, it just kind of seems like if it's illegal, then it's illegal. It doesn't matter where you're doing it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, uh, I dealt with illegal marijuana for all of my life until recently, 
And um, it didn't matter if you were in your house or not. It just was a worse idea to do it out of your house than in your house. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know? But, like, then everything points towards this fentanyl. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm, I'm so fucking out of it. I'm so... I'm so out of it because I'm not, I'm not, I'm with it because I'm not on drugs. Uh, fentanyl are pills. Am I right? I think they can come in pill form. People crush them up and do other stuff with them. I, but I also, I maybe it's a liquid. I think everything is laced with fentanyl. Cause they keep talking about how, yeah, like you get any other drugs and it's maybe laced with fentanyl. And then they also talk about how it's like one drop on your skin could kill you. I hear what? that kind of stuff. And I'm like, so is it a liquid or do they make a liquid from so, the pills? So I don't and even know what these people are. Is consuming. this something that you would ever be uh, prescribed by a doctor? Is, yeah. There's a good question. Is this like, is this like methadone well, and or just oxycotton? Last, and last Halloween, one of the first times the news around here was mentioning it was that, um, what the fuck did they call it? They called it like fucking rainbow fentanyl, uh, a, a massive fucking load of rainbow fentanyl had hit Whatcom County or whatever, something local. Right. Uh-huh. And, it, and they described that as it is like all other fentanyl, but it is in candy colors. And it's like, so, so be extra aware this Halloween. Cause they were trying to make it seem like your kids are just going to accidentally eat it. And, and I was like, well, good thing people are fucking addicted to drugs. So they're going to make sure no kids get those fucking drugs, no matter what color they are. Their shit away but they free. described it on the radios that these, whatever this fentanyl comes in the form of can look like candy and it could get put in your kids' shit, yeah. which I just didn't believe that even for a second. I didn't believe that fucking shit existed. Like... I don't know. That's that's like the the year that they legalized marijuana. They said, "Watch out! These edibles that are now legal look like cookies and chocolates, but they're really they're heavy duty marijuana drugs, and they're gonna give them to your kids on Halloween." And it's like, well, like oh, good thing those cost like fucking bucks fifty bucks. A yeah, yeah, right. You know, no like one's nobody's giving them away. Yeah, like um, the the danger with that, if there is a danger, would be that it looks like a regular chocolate. So therefore, you want to make sure that your kids don't see it and they don't think that they're just sneaking a chocolate when yeah. really they're sneaking a heavy dose. Yeah. Not that we're going to be giving them away to like that. There's this like fucking you know bunch of SRA people that are like uh, um, that are just oh we want to fuck up every we want every kid addicted to drugs and we're willing to pay for it by that's i mean which is what's weird is this reminds me of when i was a kid they were always telling you that people were trying to like hunt down your children and get them hooked so that they'll have new customers and it's like this is starting a new wave of the war on drugs mm-hmm. like oh yeah I don't. Okay. So I, I pulled out of the whole drug scene more than 10 years ago. I have no idea what's going on there with the people I used to know, probably know a lot about this, what we're talking about now. We can call up some old friends and see if they'll come on the podcast. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'll pass on that. (laughs) But I mean, so I don't know. Yeah. I can't answer the questions is, can you be prescribed fentanyl? What is it actually for? Where does it come from? How is it made? What is it made of? And what kind of forms does it come in and how do people use it? So I mentioned this. Can I just cut yeah, you off yeah. for one second to say that I mentioned this to someone who's older than us, who is a very responsible person who used to be into drugs that has been clean for like 40 years. Um, but they also watch Fox news all the time. And they looked at me like I was fucking retarded for thinking fentanyl is legal here. 
and then it is all Mexico. And it comes from China straight to Mexico, and all those filthy fucking people coming across the border are <laughs> oh bringing God. the goddamn see, fentanyl. I, yeah, and see, I, I so, had heard of, that it was China. Like, I don't, so it must be manufactured in China. Yeah. So I, I believe it is. I believe it is because my first hearing of fentanyl at all was like maybe just barely pre-pandemic. I, yeah, I don't understand. And and it was from a liberal, a New York Times reading liberal, who said that this fentanyl is amazing what's happening because it's all coming from China. And isn't that beautiful poetic justice? And I was like, wait, what? And they said, yeah, because we got all of the Chinese people hooked on opiums uh, like 50 years ago. And we fucking ruined their entire their their culture and their and their ability to fucking uh, expand outside of the borders of China. And this uh, all of their problems are our fault because of our opium that we gave them. Oh, I was like, and wait, now, that was American opium? And, and, now they're, and now they're giving us fentanyl. So it's just amazing because the homeless people are really getting hooked yeah, on this I stuff. I have so many questions. I know. I do too. About the history of it because all I know is like you have these pictures of like Chinese opium dens you know what I, I mean? know right uh, all of that I haven't talked to that person since um but uh that it like really like I remembered the name fentanyl from that yeah um because I'd never heard of it and I was like what a weird fucking thing to say because I, I I was like oh okay so you're like an eye for an eye kind of person because <laughs> I kind of think that maybe not people being addicted to drugs would be better than yeah, this than poetic re- justice weird revenge or whatever. yeah and you're talking about that revenge being on you on your culture like fuck you fuck yeah. liberals I uh, some of them are fine but um <laughs> yeah so I don't know. Uh, sorry, I cut you off to say all that. It's okay. I was like, okay, so we don't know anything about this drug, but I think that the majority of regular people don't either. Like if I asked my mom what it was or where it came from, she wouldn't know. Yeah. And I don't and think the liberal or the Fox News person I just described, either of them know what no, the fuck it is. But it's being pumped into our heads right now. It's, yeah. They're telling us on to high. be afraid of it. It's on high. Just like there was a time where they said somebody could drop acid in the water yeah. and we would all be on acid and we wouldn't know what was going on. Why didn't like, anybody ever do that? God damn it. No. <laughs> also, you know, like somebody could give your kids, um, you know, candy that's that's laced with something and it's like they're doing that again now it's all in the ethos or whatever it's just like in the atmosphere people are talking about it constantly it's on the news every day why what's the agenda here well one of the things i i heard with all of this just like two weeks ago um it was it was coming up in a conversation that wasn't really part of and i was just kind of listening in and uh they and i and i piped in and said yeah isn't this whole fentanyl phenomenon Fentanyl phenomenon uh, coming in at such an amazing moment in time that we were just about done talking about the war on drugs. And now here you guys are like feeding right back into it. And the immediate response from a 20-ish year old male was, yeah, it's a real shame because we'd almost won the war on drugs. And now this is happening. (laughs) And I kind of lost my shit. Drugs no. won the war on drugs, you fuckers. I, I said, and I won't go quite as long as I did. It was probably like a three and a half, five minute rant. Uh, He's like, God, I wish I wouldn't have said Yeah, anything. he did. Because I said, no one wins in the war on drugs. It's a money extraction program. I just kind of laid it out and threw some things in there like that. Uh, you know where you can get drugs? High security fucking prisons. And you're saying that fucking arresting people is the fucking answer? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I got pretty libertarian on his ass. <laughs> Good job. 
Um, yeah, it's really strange. And so maybe there's a little research that I should do to figure out, just have a better understanding than the average person. So when it comes up in conversation, I'll have some better context. Yeah, I'm going to start doing fentanyl. Because <laughs> it sounds awesome. I mean, that's a, actually, it doesn't, it doesn't not sound awesome or sound awesome. Because you know what no one's describing? What does it do? No, it just says, it just it kills you. It, it kills you. Kills it's bad for you. Uh, the headline, the front page headline on the free newspaper that I see every week this week was instantly addicted. Fentanyl takes the life of this young man. And it's a picture of a baby, a picture of a fucking baby underneath that headline. So the baby's on drugs. Uh, I had to read a few paragraphs to figure out that that's a picture of the 28 year old homeless guy who when he was a baby okay so he grew up to become a junkie and that's and it's i didn't read it far enough to find out at what time did he become instantly addicted you know and like what fucking led up to that was he instantly addicted to heroin for 10 years and then switched over to fentanyl and is it like it seems comparable to heroin the way people talk about it i just assume it is i assume it's a kind of an opioid based maybe i know that because i I learned a bunch about it during the george floyd trial time okay uh and i think i came to the conclusion that it's basically heroin in a like a pharmaceutical heroin you know well heroin's just a fucking pharmaceutical uh uh opium but then that, that was created by Bayer, mind you Bayer, who makes your fucking aspirin uh but then they realized that oh no this is fucking bad so then it became a street drug just like they that. put cocaine in co- the original coca-cola you know what i mean like uh-huh. all of that shit used to have drugs morphine and syrups and stuff um over the counter mm-hmm. those were the days <laughs> good times good times <laughs> Oh man, and you know that's it. speaking of that, I, I just learned that Coke syrup, not cocaine syrup, but Coca-Cola syrup, soda yeah. syrup, yeah. was like a remedy for stomach ailments. Yeah. And my mom was given that as she, when she was a little girl. Yeah, I want to know more about that. I looked up the Coke syrup, and it didn't have co- cocaine in it after like the 1920s or something. And so, so, so when she was a little girl, she, when then she, was then a she little got girl, real cocaine. She was getting. She's that old. It's an no, old joke she's about not that old. It's an old joke about She was mom. like, you know, in like the late 50s or whatever, taking Coke syrup for a tummy ache, and it would be, you know, corn syrup and shit, I'm assuming. Hmm. Unless they were still using cane sugar. They but probably some kind of sugar, sugar syrup still. with their secret ingredients in it, which were probably like herbs and stuff and pepper, mm. I would assume. Yeah, it was, well, I mean, like, soda. Am I using the right word to say soda? It used to be elixirs, you yeah. know, like fermented beverage, right? right. You yeah. know, like, yeah, like ginger beer and and yeah, all of that is is medicine. Like we we have that uh, old sarsaparilla, yeah, poster up that's like purifies pure, the pure, blood. Purifies the blood. It's like what probably like nineteen ten is yeah. What it's like it talks about like vitality, vitality and youth and beauty and purified blood. Yeah, from for sarsaparilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's because sarsaparilla is a root and it's a medicine. And so when you use that root to make an extraction, um, a decoction, and then you take that and you add sugar and you ferment it, then you have like a bubbly soda that's healthy. And I would imagine, I have not done my research on this, I'm just pulling this out of my ass, but I'd imagine Dr. Pepper used to be a doctor with the last name Pepper, 
who made an elixir that was supposed to cure you. And Maybe. He, and he probably had a little fucking cart that he went to cowboy towns or, and tried <laughs> well, selling his, that his was doc, Dr. Pepper's famous elixir. Pepsi. It was like Pepsid. Pepsid AC is a stomach. Oh, right? yeah. Pepsi comes from that. There's also a disease called dyspepsia. Yeah. Is I it, think that, something to it was do supposed to c- too. cure that or something. I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting, though, because that's a lot of the, the things that we use today. Um, has the medicine taken out of it, and now it's just like it's just sugar given to you. It's well, and then it was just sugar, like when our parents were kids. Yeah. And now it's just corn syrup. Now it's just even worse. Yeah. Now it's just corn syrup and water. I was just like that today. With when some I, chemicals to give it flavor. My mom's like, quotes. oh, I got this good good maple syrup at the store, and yeah. I looked at it. And I was like, oh, that's nice. It says all natural, really big on it, and it's like in the the similar kind of container as the one I get. You know, the organic real maple syrup grade a light amber or whatever and i was like i wanted to see if hers was dark or light and i flipped it over and the ingredients first ingredient is brown rice syrup brown rice syrup corn syrup citric acid and color and i was like mom this isn't maple syrup and i turned it around and looked again and sure enough it says table stir syrup it doesn't say maple syrup it says table syrup yeah and I'm like, what is fucking table syrup? Can you get a syrup out of a table? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Because maple syrup is syrup from a maple tree. Yeah, what you do is you put a tap on the bottom of your table, of your breakfast table, <laughs> and then you eat pancakes with maple syrup on it all the time, and then you use that tap to get the table get the, syrup. Get the table syrup that's it's just recycled syrup. Oh, it's just when your kid eats there and they spill it everywhere. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. But anyway, I'm just upset. Uh, that the old things that used to be medicine, like molasses and tables and maple syrup, are replaced by things that are poison. And it confuses us. And we drink it all the time. Well, we got a little ways away from, from fentanyl. Fentanyl. Uh, and home bums. Home, homelessness. We and never touched we on didn't, housing. We didn't touch on the, on the low-income housing. I think I want to hold off on that. We though. should do a little research and get our thoughts together on it. And then we could do an episode. Because it's just, it's just been coming up in weird ways that also combines with the, with the fentanyl and the, even more so the homeless people. And uh, I'm not exactly sure where I stand on low-income housing because – uh, I am against the state in every form possible. So therefore I'm against most likely anything that's being described as in quotes, low income housing. However, I'm pro low rent. Yeah. There's a, you know, like there's affordable housing and low income housing. And I think they're kind of used interchangeably, but they think there is a difference. Yeah. I think I'm using a legal term here when I say low income housing. And I think that's what other people, other people are using that term. And, uh, it's in, in a basic sense, what I'm hearing is people are really, really, really up in arms about low income housing and they do not want it because when you have low income housing, all the people who live in the low income housing are fentanyl dealers. And therefore you have massive bum camps that surround the low income housing because they're the ones who are giving the people who can afford the low income, all of their income. Wow. So fuck, that's a mess. Yeah. Like who knows if any of it's true. And one thing that I do know pretty well without even look, thinking or looking at it is the CIA is behind any of the fucking fentanyl and, I know. and, and any all of the drugs shit. that are coming and, in here and, totally. And then the state's yeah. behind anything that's being called low income housing. So, I mean, it's a real thick tangled <laughs> fucking mess, right? Like yeah. it's not, I, I don't even know how to begin to undo this fucking mess 
to say what I fucking think about it. Uh, especially when at the base of all of it, I'm like, you know, I think people should be able to afford rent. Oh, you know? yeah, people should be able to live wherever they want I'm, to. I'm very pro low in housing for people with low income. Yeah. I'm uh, cheap rent. Just call it what it is. So. Yeah. I, I think that we should personally, I think we should all have lower incomes. How do you like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And then milk should still be $2 a gallon. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, but there, I do see something maybe, maybe, but I, I, but I, how do I know that what anybody's saying is true about the idea of fentanyl dealers being in the parking houses? I do think that I could probably do a little research on what is and isn't low income housing. Mm-hmm. If that's a, if that's like a legal term, if it, that's it, like it a, seems to be affordable it, housing and low income housing. It, they're talking about the, the housing has to meet these requirements of the certain percentage of the, uh, income, uh, po- below the poverty line, blah, blah, if, blah. If I could look at a local map of low, of things that are labeled low income housing and maybe affordable housing too, or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's whatever, uh, I could tell you if that correlates with where I see more homeless people. Right. You know, what's interesting too is when we were growing up, there were homeless camps in certain areas that were a little outside of downtown that were in wooded areas and they were kind of more out of the way. Mm-hmm. And now they've taken those, cleared those out and built stuff there. It's mostly apartments. There's, are those where all the fucking low income housing are? There's, I'm, I'm but not those, those places that they just t- took the camps down and built apartments and stuff. Um, they're taking all the wooded areas away. Now there's no yeah. more woods for them to go and be in. I just saw a new example of this on the guide by the Walmart. There used to be this like used car dealership that was all run down. There's just all these yeah, old cars place, with blackberry bushes over them. Yeah. They've cleaned that all out. And now I can see a little farther back off the road, there's oh, a bum sure. camp. I have no doubt. And now they're all exposed. You can see them from the road. I have no doubt. Not for any other reason than that I used to live kind of shitty. And I know where the homeless people are and I look around there and I go, yeah, that's where they are. If they're not there, they're there. And if they're not there, they're there, but they're probably there, there and over there. So if we are a place that takes all the woods away from them, so their camping situation is now out in public, then they're going to be pitching their tent in the middle of the sidewalk. but, But Lanny, we have to take the woods away. We're overpopulated. We need more apartments. We need more. We need so many more apartments. We need to take the woods away because look at all this housing that's being built and yet look at all the homeless people we're not even catching up those we're people, not even yeah, getting caught like they don't up want to live in we a need house. to build even more housing and make it even lower income housing you know i don't know uh it's uh like it's like i say i'm i'm like at a loss like that's why i was glad i was like oh cool you've got a subject because i yeah i could barely get it out though and I and with this I can barely begin to unravel yeah. it. Um, it kind of makes my head explode because I hate every bit of it on every fucking face yeah. of it. Oh, it's big. I'm glad to be where we are, a little bit away from that. But it's like for how long? But it's is creeping it away in. For it, you know. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, the city crawl. Yeah. City creep, city crawl, something like that, where these, uh, you know, the the urban areas are creeping out into the rural areas, and, um, you know. I sometimes have a terrible vision of us needing to put up, uh, you know, 10 foot high cyclone fencing around all of our property where we're farming inside of because we have fucking homeless people and we have to fucking be armed and 
walking around our pro- our own property because people fucking hop our 10 foot high cyclone fences that we have to do try to eat our chicken feed or or just camp like yeah. we have we yeah, have we have, have woods now they want to camp you know they're like like it's like i really don't want to say it out loud because i don't want to fucking even like just entertain the thought but like at some point it's gonna happen that there's gonna be a fucking homeless person on our property hiding out uh, hiding out might not be the right word, but trying to live. Yeah, and I mean, I when I where I going grew going full up, Woodstock. There, <laughs> there was a lot of home bombs where I grew up. Like, um, not all the time, but there would be homeless people passing through our yards or sleeping in the back. And I remember this one really uncomfortable night when I lived in my first house by myself, behind like behind boomers and stuff next to the freeway. Mm-hmm. And my house was pretty shitty, and it had been empty recently and had squatters living there, and. Um, when I, I was like sleeping and I could hear these, these home bombs outside leaning against the same wall. I was, my bed was up against on the, un, underneath the window I was next to. And I could hear their whole conversation, their drinking. And I was like, I really feel like I should go scare them away. But I'm like, I was like 18 or just turned 19. And I'm like by myself in this house and it's dark. And like, there's woods on one side of me and like, you know, residential on the other side. I just didn't know what to do. And I'm like, I don't want that to come to our house out here. You know, no. I don't have to deal with no. that. But no. the, I mean, these are, I'm, I'm not being in con- considerate. These are people and they need to go do what they want to do as long as they're not bothering anybody else. But they don't have like a park where you can have access to water and bathrooms and garbage cans where they could just go camp. Why don't they just do that? Yeah. You know, but then like, there's all these problems with that too. Like, that's why this is just a never ending conversation. And it's maddening. It's, um, I, I just asked myself a question that I haven't asked before. As you said, I, I, they're people, yeah. right? Are they? Are they? Do what if they're not? What if they're not? I don't know. You know, we sometimes get into like V2K uh, yeah. voice to skull type conversations and things like that. And it's really far out. And I openly always often am heard saying that's the shit that scares me the most. There's the NPC conversation. There's, I don't know. I don't know. The homeless people I've been seeing are not fully engaged with me personally. Is that my resonance being so fucking different than them that they're willing to try to sidestep me that I have to puff out my chest and make myself known to them to push them out? Or is it that they're not even fucking people? Or is it that they're fucking vaccinated and they can't see unvaccinated people anymore? Because yeah, I was like, I have a I don't soul know. and they are don't. These, are they just you like know? getting constantly injected every time they go to get a hot meal? It's. I, I would imagine a lot of them are vaccinated now. I mean, oh, probably you could get freaking Amazon gift cards we, and shit. Can we tell people? No, I don't even want to talk about that. That's horrible. Okay. But they do. They're insurance companies that that uh, the state insurances through are are giving away fucking Amazon gift cards yeah. if you are up to date on your vaccine for your kids. That's and that's what they're doing. That hundred percent. I mean, and we've heard of it. Like we'll get we you, know <laughs> we'll get you free beer. You get a free beer and a burger at yeah. Like, we hear stuff like bars that. Bars and stuff. Yeah. How many bums went down and got a shot to get? a shot for a shot, which it's, was a thing. How, how would they not? It would be stupid of them not I, to. There was even one instance I heard on the radio where some guy was, um, faking, faking 
people's names and stuff to go and get more shots so he could get more free stuff. Yeah. And he was like, get like overdosing on the vaccine. I, I heard stuff like that. I never felt anything was too verified on no, that, but, but I believe I, that it happened. I remember some of the people I knew and I'm like, they didn't care or, about their life and their hey, well being. I'm going for a record. Another Beavis and Butthead reference. And this one's <laughs> fucking hella relevant. Uh, in the, in the newer episode, uh, they're, they are bribed by beer money, which is just money to go to a city council meeting to vote down, to, uh, low income housing. Yeah. To get, to destroy to vote, vote, to have the, to have an apartment building demolished. demolished. That's an eyesore and, and uh, and, build like smart city, like apartment with, and they're so front. stupid that they don't realize it's their fucking apartment. <laughs> This is a uh, new Beavis and Butthead as they're in their forties. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they, but they go and the, and the guy like, you know, they go and they rant and do their thing. The city council like actually lets them talk. It's pretty funny. Blah, blah, blah. They get to the end. And um, the guy who told him he would give them, buy him a beer. If they would do that, just gives them fucking cash. And Butthead's like, you're bribing us. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. And they fucking demolish their house at the end of the episode. Like, I don't know. Um, and th- that's just Beavis and Butthead, but it's fucking real. Yeah. Like, I don't know about the uh, people. I don't, I don't think are stupid enough to do that to for their, their own, own house, but yeah. they are dumb enough to go get a fucking vaccine. Beavis and Butthead. I'm guessing from that, just that episode, you know, these fictional characters would be vaccinated because someone said, Hey, we'll give you beer money if you get vaccinated. And they're like, really? Yeah. Like no, how there, much? There were people doing that. No, hands down. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You know what we should have talked about is the movie we just saw. Which movie? We went to the, we had a date yesterday. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah. You want yeah. to talk about that? No. It was a pretty fucking brutal movie. No, I, I mean, I like, it. I wouldn't talk about it now. I mean, we're an hour in. We're, like, yeah. wrapping up. But I just was like, oh, yeah. It just, for some reason, uh, it reminded me of that. The low-income housing and the, the apartment yeah. being demolished. Well, we can we can give it a... We a, went and saw Evil Dead Rise in the theater. Yeah. Which was good. And it was, like, Evil Dead. It was great. Seen I, that fuck, before. I, I fucking loved it. I'm a fucking horror fanboy. Yeah, I really liked it too. And but it's like this great idea of like Evil Dead, you get stuck in a cabin in the woods, right? But this time you're stuck on one floor of an apartment building in Los Angeles. As they're in Evil Dead, the original one, you know, like they, they're trying to leave and it's like, No, the bridge is out kind of stuff, you know, and it's like every time every attempt to leave is is thwarted. And they move that essentially that plot into fucking LA and uh I got to say, I think they did a great, clever job of like really, really well, like demonstrating an idea of people being trapped in a single floor of a, of a soon to be demolished apartment building. There's only a few people living there and there's an earthquake and the stairs fall out and the, uh, elevator's not functioning. Yeah. And between those things, they're trapped. And then it's also a rainstorm comes. So even yelling at the bums downstairs down on the street they can't on the, hear like, 13th you 13th floor of course yeah so it's like i don't know i, I thought they did a very yeah, clever a job, there. job but you know then it was also a fucking woke ass piece of shit movie yeah um, there was a lot we could pick apart there we've already done that in our uh off off unplugged podcasting yeah right right <laughs> since yesterday but no we should uh we should wrap up up there yeah that's that's good we've got we've got an hour under our belts on this one thanks people for listening to us rant and, and ramble it was uh, a little all over the place this evening 
Are we going to put a nail in it? We're going to put a nail in Why do you have a nail? There's a nail in my pocket. Oh, <laughs> you're just holding up a nail. <laughs> put a pin in it and you're like, I have a carpenter nail. Carpentry nail. Yeah, this is this is not the kind of nail I want to put in a conversation. This is like a little finishing nail. Yeah, finishing nail. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Well, let's finish this podcast. <laughs> should we put a finishing nail in it? Yeah, we should. So you guys, you can get a hold of us. If you want to hear, suggest a topic for us to talk about. That might inspire us to record another episode sooner than a month from now. Or if you want to give us any feedback on these things that we scratch the surface on today, but really had no information about it at all <laughs> to yeah. tell people. Uh, I apologize for that. Yeah. I mean like, like get at us, you know, the green, uh, greener postures at PM.me's email address or the world as it is today at proton mail. But I don't really check that one anymore. I've barely been on there. So greener postures is a good way to get a hold of us. Same with Instagram and Twitter for me and all the other Chud infos in the show notes of the podcast here. Mr. Chud X indeed here and there, not everywhere, but here and there. Yeah. You'll find me if yeah. you want to. And then you, you did. And, and my, and some of my stuff set to private. You can, I re, I accept every request. Uh, yeah. So request. And then also you can hear Chud somewhat recently, on the, uh, what is it? Patreon feed on Deborah gets red pilled. You did a really oh. great episode on Woodstock. Yeah. I wish that was more available because I, I think that that was a really killer episode all about Woodstock with me and Adam and Deborah. Uh, it was a follow up to, he did a really, really great one an actually great one with, uh, with Crow, Crow triple, triple seven, seven and which Jason. was just phenomenal. And then, and I wasn't able to make that. So I, I've, me and Adam were talking about it afterwards. And he was like, well, come on, let's do another one. And uh, yeah, we went real deep on not just Woodstock, well, specifically Woodstock 69, but also Woodstock 99 and uh, the uh, the Soviet Monsters of Rock concert, other like uh, massive festivals and what these numbers of people mean. And, you know. Yeah, you brought, a, unlike the, today's conversation, you brought a lot <laughs> to yeah. that conversation a lot of cool information and, and tidbits and ways of looking at it and i really enjoyed it so if you're not a patreon member of deborah gets red pilled maybe it's worth signing up Sign just up. for that Sign up. that's it for today folks we'll talk to you next time all right take care 